Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon and happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you again for your social media presence. It's a very, very helpful and very appreciated. And I came across um, a really interesting meme, and it was given to me by one of my clients. And so I'm kind of I'm excited to share this with you because this is a different way of looking at relationships. And so this is green flags in relationships. So whether you're entering into a new relationship, evaluating a current relationship, maybe you're wanting to strengthen and increase the health of your current relationships. I don't know. You know, but these indicators that we're going to talk about and guides help to stay on track as well as gauging the ongoing health of your relationships. And so these ingredients are necessary and imperative for health, vitality, and success of any relationship. So this list, like I said, was given to me by one of my clients, and she is um, wanting to consider dating, and she found this meme, and it, it is, you know, the green flags of relationships, because typically we always talk about red flags, and we're always talking about the negatives, and trying to figure out if... That red flag we're seeing is really bright red or maybe really light red, and maybe we can ignore it. And so I love this this idea, and I was really excited to give it all to you because this is really helpful information. And it's, you know, thankfully, it's, it's a positive directive to secure ongoing health, vitality, and enjoyment of a new relationship or possibly an enduring relationship that we may very much value. 
So I'm going to post this online for sure so you don't have to, you know, worry about trying to write all this down. And I want to give credit to the person that wrote this. Her name is Sarah Kubrick, Kubrick. And her email address is CCC colon E Millennial Therapist. And so she did a great job of putting this together and taking a different tack, which if you've listened to this show for, for any amount of time, you know how we've talked about the brain and the positivity factor of the brain and how well the brain responds to positives and what happens to it, the level of stress that occurs when we think negatively. So this helps us look at relationships objectively, but still positively. So I'm going to read this list, and then we're going to really go over it a little bit. So the first one is they apologize when they are wrong. I think that's very important. Their words and behaviors align. They encourage your connections with other friends or family. They speak about their ex-partners with respect. They communicate clearly and honestly. They set, honor, and respect boundaries. They show up authentically and offer you space to do the same. They are intentional about resolving conflict. They are actively working on growth and healing in their own life. They share compatible goals for the relationship. They make you feel seen, heard, and appreciated. So I really like this list. This is really important because these are these great ingredients that cause relationships to work. And I'm going to add two more. I'm going to add that there's also this idea that they have appropriate and realistic expectations on you. And that's a huge one. So I want to give you, <clears throat> excuse me, a little analogy, because you know how much I love analogies. And so think about this, this idea that maybe sometimes we hurt ourselves on someone versus being hurt by them. And that would be like, I walk into a room and I bump into a table and the table corner hits my shin and I kick the table and think the table was wrong when actually the table was just simply being a table. That's what tables do. And this is important that we have this really under, this good understanding of having appropriate expectations on the people that we are purporting to love and wanting to have intimacy with that we have realistic expectations on them, that they are not perfect, they're not going to be perfect, and they shouldn't be, because if they were perfect, they probably wouldn't want to be with you or I, right? So think about what are appropriate expectations, realistic expectations, for the people you have in your life. And many times they are different for each person in each type of relationship. So what I expect from my kids what I expect from my clients, what I expect from my neighbors, what's realistic to expect from my husband, from my friends, from my cat, right? We want to really be giving this some prayer and some time and think on this about, God, am I maybe the one that's, that's causing the relationship to struggle because I'm not having appropriate expectations and I'm not being realistic about the humanness of this person. 
So this is really imperative that we think about this and that we look into this. So I, I kind of put together some Bible verses about relationships. And this is Luke chapter 6, 35 through 36. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite ones. And I say this to clients frequently. And I especially say it to men. And so it says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. And I know you've heard me say this before. I say this to clients frequently. God is kind. You be kind. See, I can be kind to somebody that is, is wronging me. I can be kind to someone that's offending me. Kindness doesn't mean I approve of what they're doing, similar to love. I can love someone I don't like. So this is where we are practicing healthy relationship behaviors that aren't always necessarily feeling-based. Now, I have many relationships in my life, and some of them, I don't have to work at it at all. I just like the person. I love the person. And then there are some people that maybe are quite different than myself, and so I have to work a little bit harder at really making sure that I'm supporting that person being the best they can be. And it may not be someone that I prefer. It may not be someone I click with. It may not be the type of person that, that I don't know, I want to get married to or something. But they still are a valuable person, and they still can be very important in my life. So this is imperative that we recognize how really very um, eclectic God is, how very able he is to contain a negative and a positive at the same time. And so this is part of being able to do that, is that I, I can, you know, maybe not prefer this person, but maybe they're in my family. Maybe I married someone and met their family, and I don't really prefer them because maybe they're not like me. Maybe they're struggling with some things that, that I don't struggle with or that I have overcome. And so that's why it's important that I practice kindness. Because kindness typically leads to repentance, right? God says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. How about this? Psalms 100, verse 5. It says, For the Lord is always good, and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Now, again, this doesn't mean that God likes everybody doesn't mean that everybody's going to heaven. It means that this is God's nature. So this is how he is going to act regardless of what other people do. And that's the boundary issue. So first and foremost, when it comes to successful relationships, is that we have to have necessary components for true intimacy. 
So that doesn't mean that I can't be kind and loving and enjoy a complete stranger. I may not want to be best friends with them. I may not want to marry them. I may not want to know them after the event. But I can still be kind. But if I want to have true intimacy with someone, then there are some necessary components that have to be there. And if they're not, it will make it almost impossible to treat them well. And it will be impossible to have intimacy. And those three things that are very important, that we have a shared value system, similar level of intelligence, doesn't even mean a similar level of education, just means a similar level of intelligence and similar ambition. So we're coming up to the break here for our first segment. And I'm going to start the next segment talking about what that really means. What does a shared value system mean? What does it mean to have a similar intelligence? What does it mean to have similar ambition? And so I think it's going to be very helpful for you because when I am doing any type of relationship counseling or therapy, I'm always wanting people to understand that no matter how much they're attracted to somebody, if they don't have these components, they will not have intimacy. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about relationship green flags. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for being with me today. If you're just tuning in, you can listen to the first part of the show online. You can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, any of your favorite podcast servers, and you can find the show there. And this one is called Relationship Green Flags. And so we are talking about this idea about focusing and recognizing all the things that need to be there positively that make the relationship work. Because if we have those positive ingredients, whatever is human, whatever is just, you know, part of being a mistake-making person, will be much more tolerable. So we left off talking about the need for these three components if you want to have true intimacy in a relationship. And that means we must have a shared value system, similar intelligence, <clears throat> excuse me, and a similar ambition. So what does that mean? A shared value system. That means that uh, the easiest way for me to tell you that is in today's world. We have Democrats and Republicans, right? I would recommend that if you are a staunch Republican, you might not want to consider marrying a Democrat. The thought process is completely different. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. I'm not here to talk about that. But what I do know is there's not enough areas <clears throat> to be able to match your thinking with. So when we have completely different value systems, that we hold something truly important like we would die for it, and our partner thinks it's ridiculous or doesn't value it at all, then it makes it very difficult for us to talk about hopes and dreams and aspirations and what we, we would like to see happen and where we want to pour our finances and, and what we want to support. And so we need to have that shared value system. So that may be a shared faith. It doesn't mean that we believe in God the exact same way. 
But we know that people that have the same type of faith do better in relationships. There's less things to argue about. There's less things to have to discuss. So that kind of foundational thing, a shared value system. How do we feel about children? How do we feel about animals? How do we feel about giving to um, different charities? How do we feel about whether we drink, whether we smoke, whether we exercise? How do we feel about what time we go to bed? These types of things are about value. What do I value? Do I value education? Do I value simply hard work? Do I want both? So then we talk about a similar intelligence, and this means an IQ spread of not more than 15 points, 10, 15 points. Because what happens is you have different levels of education, or one has an education, the other one doesn't, and it makes it very difficult to talk about things in a way that makes sense. You end up just arguing, because neither of you are understanding what the other is trying to explain. So this doesn't mean that... If I have um, a very high IQ and I fall in love with a man that has a very high IQ but didn't want to go to college at all, well, as long as we have a similar intelligence, then we see the world in similar, similar ways. And we can have discussions about things without feeling like we're not being heard at all. And so this is why a similar intelligence is important. And usually what you will find is the longer your discussions, the more deeply you talk with one another, the better you are able to laugh about similar things usually indicates a similar intelligence. What you like to read, what kinds of movies you like to see. Now, it doesn't mean they're all going to be the same. But it's the ability to comprehend it, understand it, articulate it, and actually talk about it. So the third thing is the similar ambition. Now, this is really important to recognize. This is simply an issue of energy. This is not where my ambition lies. This is if I have similar ambition. So if I am a super ambitious person and I want to conquer the world and I'm constantly wanting to learn and I'm wanting to achieve all these goals that I have on my list and I marry someone that is very much in the moment, really could care less, doesn't really get affected by the world around them, is just like, hey, whatever you want to do, it's fine with me. They don't really have any set goals. They're not really trying to achieve much of anything. They're just enjoying their life that way. Well, there are some people that that's highly attractive to them if they have a similar ambition. They like to vacation a lot. They don't take things as seriously. They're not social climbing They're not attaining things. They are really just enjoying life on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. It's not anything wrong with that. It just means, wow, if I try to have vacation with somebody like that, and my ambition is to make sure I don't miss out on anything on the vacation, and that I'm saving as much money as possible, and that I'm packing as many things into the day as I possibly can, And the other person says, I I don't want to get up until 12 o'clock today. I want to lay in bed all day. I just want to kind of walk out of the, you know, hotel or apartment that we're at and just kind of discover things as we go. Probably going to drive each other crazy. So it doesn't have to be exact. It really has a lot to do more with like a pendulum swing. And so 
Here we are in the middle. How far off from the middle are we? So nobody's going to be exactly the same. But we want to have enough similarity that we are not being unkind to one another because we're getting on each other's nerves so much and we end up judging each other relentlessly. And we end up seeing character qualities that we don't necessarily prefer as morality issues. And we end up then having way too much judgment in a relationship. And we feel like we're not even accepted or loved for who we are and that there's something wrong with us. And this is why it's imperative as you are dating people, as you're interacting and hanging out with people for to have his friends, to have his, you know, partners, to have his maybe spouses, that you're recognizing, do we click on things that we talk about even if we don't necessarily agree? Do we like to hear the other's thoughts? And so do we have similar ambition? Is Are they striving towards something in a similar way that I might towards something? And this is, this is imperative as you are understanding because if, if you don't have those, those things, you will end up having lots of red flags in your relationship. And it might have nothing to do with the character quality of the person. It may have everything to do with not having enough connecting of the dots. And so it's too much work to try to connect with the person may have nothing to do with whether or not they have, uh, they have poor character, um, they are, you know, their value system is, is such that they are egregious, an egregious person. They just may be too far off from where you are. And this is important to recognize because this way I can still respect people that are very different than I am. I don't have to judge them as it being right or wrong. See, it's not on a, on a continuum that's vertical that I, I'm above them and they're below me. It's horizontal. It's like we are just too far spread on that continuum to have any type of real intimacy. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about these green flags in relationships. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you again for your social media presence. And you can always contact me at, uh, through the website, or you can contact me through email at CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com. If you have a particular topic that you'd like me to do a show on, I would love to be able to do that. So we are talking today about relationship green flags. And I loved that this meme that a client of mine gave to me. Because we always are looking at red flags, so we're always looking at what's not working and not focusing as much as maybe we should on what is working in a relationship. And these are relationships of any kind. This could be our neighbors, children, family members. It could be work, work uh, counterparts. It could be a love relationship, what, whatever it may be. And so it's important to look at, hey, what really is working in this relationship first and foremost? Because many times when we do that, the things that aren't working maybe aren't as serious as we thought. 
It, it's kind of like, you know, if you have a little teeny splinter in your finger, it's the only thing you notice. The rest of your body, you know, you don't even notice the rest of your body because that one little splinter is what you're focusing on. And so it's helpful when we think about all the green flags because they mitigate the red flags. And if they don't, well, then that's really important information. If no matter how many positives I find are continuously outweighed by negatives, that's important information for me. Because I can really want the relationship to work, but I can recognize it just may not be possible. And I may hurt myself and the other person, and whoever else is involved in that group, I may hurt them more by trying to make something work that won't work. So it's imperative to recognize that success many times is quitting. And I know you, we did a show on that because it was such a phenomenal concept to me to think that sometimes quitting is a great success. So let's think about some of these, these other Bible verses that I, really, that I picked out that I really like. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's 4 and 5. And it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. That's when your relationship has a majority of green flags. Because if I'm finding that there are things that are unethical, immoral, unhealthy, I don't want to ignore those if I'm wanting deep intimacy with someone. If they're just my neighbor, if there's someone I see at church every week, then I can still really practice this love, this, this love chapter with someone I don't like. See, with someone I love that I get along with, that I feel super close to, it's easier to do the love chapter with them. But as long as I recognize that I have appropriate expectations on a relationship, I can practice the love chapter with anyone. So this is important to realize that when we see this verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be gentle with one another. Simple as that. This is, this is very important to recognize. Successful relationships always have a very deep level of humility. The closer you are to somebody, the more humble you're going to have to be because the more things are revealed about who you are. And so when we are humble and saying, I can't lie. You're seeing it. I'm not going to make you feel crazy by telling you it's not really happening when it is happening. So I'm going to humble myself. I'm also going to humble myself when I'm feeling like I want to put myself in a one-up position, thinking I'm better than you. So humility is the thing that helps us be gentle when we don't want to be. It helps us be kind when we don't want to be. We also have 1 John 3.18. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So one of the green flags would be that not only do they say lovely things with words, but their actions mean the same thing. 
Their actions match their words, so they are a person of truth. And that's something that we want to aspire to. The more you aspire to that, the more you will be apt to attract others that are aspiring to the same things, which makes intimacy much easier. So I'm glad you're listening to this today. Because we're going to do one other verse when you come when we come back. That's First John four eighteen, and we're going to talk more about these green flags. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment today as we talk about green flags in relationships. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking today about relationship green flags and how helpful it is in your relationships that are enduring, if you have long-term relationships, to constantly be looking at the green flags of the relationship. What is the person doing right? And maybe one of the things that they do right is they fix something if they're wrong. That's a huge green flag. That tells us that we're with a safe person. So let's think about this verse. I love this verse. This is 1 John 3.18, and it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And we ended that last segment with that verse and how important this verse is. That words and speech are so helpful because this is what humans do. We talk. But a green flag, something that is so prized as a relationship quality is when a person's words and their speech match their actions because that means that we're dealing with someone that lives in truth and truth is always the safest place to live Jesus is always truthful God is the God of truth he created truth truth is the thing that sets us free so the, the more truthful our relationships are, the freer we are to be ourselves, the more we can relax, the less stress we have. We're not constantly feeling like we're walking on eggshells or that somehow the next shoe's going to drop or that the person's going to go off at any moment. So this is important that we recognize that our words need to match our actions so that we are people of truth. And how about this? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you have fear in your relationship, that's an important concept to think about. Am I fearing because I'm a fear-based person? Have I not healed from something so I don't have the appropriate confidence? And so I'm always afraid. I'm always thinking the worst. I'm always, they're going to break up with me. They don't love me. They don't like me. I did something wrong. Whatever that may be, am I living in fear? Do I not have appropriate love for myself? And so when we think about this, we want to say, you know, that's a red flag. If there's a lot of fear in this relationship, I may need to figure out where that's coming from. Is it the way the person that I'm relating to relates? Are they a judgmental person? Are they someone that has unrealistic expectations? Do they purposefully lie? 
that would cause me to have all kinds of fear if I was trying to have intimacy with someone that like that. But if I am someone that is honest, truthful, as best as I can be, committed, loving, forgiving, and humble, and the person that I'm in relationship with is afraid all the time that I'm going to leave them, that would be important to consider. That we want to turn that red flag into a green flag. We want that person to be able to say, I need to calm down. And if I can't get a handle on this, I should probably see a therapist and find out why am I always so anxious about love? Why do I not have this ability to truly trust? So let's look at this. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. See, if you're in love with someone, we should not be consistently worrying about anything in the relationship. If we worry about the person that we are in relationship with, maybe we're worrying about whether or not they're, they're okay or whether or not they are, are dealing well with stress. But we're not worrying that the person doesn't love us. See, we need to have a mindset that whatever happens, happens. It's not up to us how the relationship works out. It's really up to God and the plans that he has for us. So I can do my part. I can hope that the person I'm in relationship does their part. But in the end, I really can trust God, that God has a way. And I don't have to cross that boundary line and try to fix it and make a way in the other person or try to be somebody that I'm not. What I want to do is say, I'm showing up as a grown-up. This is who I am. I'm going to be as honest and as truthful as I can possibly be. I'm going to be loving and kind. I'm going to practice good boundaries, realistic expectations. And then I'm going to let God do the rest. Because that's all I can do. I can't do that person's side of the street. I can only do mine. So how about this? Colossians chapter 3. This is 13 and 14. And it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Again, it's similar to the verse we talked about earlier in the show. God is kind, you be kind. So God says, God forgave you, you forgive others. So if your significant other hurt you, forgive them. Now remind yourself that forgiveness does not make something okay. If I need to forgive something, it's obviously not okay. And when I think about forgiveness, I want to make sure that I'm not forgiving with expectation, that I'm truly forgiving. I'm forgiving the person. Now, what we need to understand, if I am constantly forgiving what someone is doing, I'm either in the wrong relationship, I'm with someone that is not doing their side of the street right, I have unrealistic expectations. So I want to look at that. If I am consistently needing to forgive somebody, then I need to ask myself, am I a perfectionist? How much anxiety am I giving that other person? Or am I trying to make something work that is not supposed to work? We don't have the same value system. We don't have the similar intelligence. We don't have similar ambition. So I'm beginning to judge this person because of that. Versus accepting them for who they are and recognizing they may not be a good fit when it comes to relational intimacy. I may be able to be friendly, 
congenial, enjoy them here or there, but I may not be able to have a deep love relationship with them. So then we have this verse. This is First Peter 4, 8. It says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sin. So we love each other when we've sinned. That means you love yourself as well when you sin. We've all sinned in our lives, but love covers it up. So when we say that love covers, you have to understand that that doesn't mean it makes it okay. And it also doesn't mean that you get away with something. It means I'm going to cover that mistake. I'm going to cover that foible. I'm going to cover that misstep because you've already been repentful for it. So I can cover it. See, if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, taking responsibility for it, then I don't have to worry about it. I can just cover it. I can say, hey, you're okay with me. Because you're carrying the burden of that transgression. Now, if I'm with someone that will not take responsibility for a wrongdoing, then I have to wear that burden. I have to carry that. So when we think about true intimacy... One of the reasons that God is saying to us, repent. Tell me what you did wrong. Bring it to me. We'll talk about it. Come let us reason together. Because God is saying, I can't be on the same page with you if you're pretending like you've done nothing wrong. If you're lying to me, if you're covering, if you are, are convoluting, if you're making excuses, I can't have intimacy with you. I'm sure you've experienced this with people. The person that you come to them and you say, hey, you know, that's not okay that you did that. And they say to you, you're right. It's not. It's not okay. I should have come to you first. Wow, that's fixed. That was easy. Or if you come to the person and you say, hey, that wasn't right that you did that. And they say, what are you talking about? Who do you think you are? You're making a big deal out of nothing. Or they simply say, I didn't do it. I don't know where you got that idea. That's the crazy-making feeling that happens when we can't talk about what is wrong and we can't really have truth in the relationship. So we want to love each other deeply, and when we do that, we can cover sin. See, we can say, yeah, I know that person, but I know really who they are. They're a good, good guy. He's a good guy. Because I'm not measuring the sin against who he is. I'm recognizing he's a mistake-making person, and I can still trust him even if he makes mistakes. So how about this? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 6 and 7, it says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So this is the, this last verse I'm going to tell you. This is James chapter 119. And it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And that we're to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving. And this is imperative when we are thinking about how to have that type of relationship that we really want to have. So when we have a person that will apologize for when, when they are wrong and we don't have to convince them that they hurt our feelings or they transgressed or they made a mistake. In fact, what about the person that just comes to you and says, you know, you, 
You may not even find this out, but I need to tell you what I did. I need to come clean. I need to let you know. How about the next one? Their words and their behaviors align. That means I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. Because the craziest, most unhealthy type of relationship is the one where I keep listening to what you say because I love your words, but I never experience those words in action. The person I'm experiencing is completely different than the way you talk. So this, they encourage your connections with others, with friends and family. They don't, they're, they're not jealous. They're not coveting you. They speak about their ex-partners with respect. That doesn't mean they say they like them now. But it means that they have overcome the hurt that was done. They communicate clearly and honestly. They honor boundaries. They show up authentically, and they want you to be able to do the same. They want you to be who you really are and feel safe being who you are. And they work on growing. They work on healing. And their goals are compatible with your relationship. They may not be the same, but they have the same value system. And they make you feel seen. Now, we have done many shows, and I've referred to this idea of how much humans need to be seen. So you feel seen by them, even if you've transgressed. They still see you through loving eyes, through acceptance, through grace. You you feel like they actually hear you, hear your heart, and you feel appreciated by them. So think about this. They're entering into a new relationship. Maybe you're evaluating your current one. Maybe you want to strengthen and increase the health of some of your relationships. Well, these indicators are guides that help you stay on track and have an ongoing healthy relationship. God bless you today. Make sure you check it out and be the best version of you. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <laughs>